Hello, ladies and gents. Welcome to another episode of Let's Swipe. We have a very special guest tonight. And I'm sorry, I already just blanked. <laughs> this is our good West Coast, Left Coast, Best Coast pal, Andy, uh, who has joined us tonight to tell us about adventures in the uh, more beautiful part of our country, not the fair Midwestern city that we are currently occupying, not that there's anything wrong with that. He is a native of said mid Midwestern city. So... Andy, who are you? Introduce yourself. It's starting to sound like a Who song. Um, okay, well, um, I live in downtown San Jose. So, uh, I don't know, I teach philosophy at San Jose State University. The uh, actual working grounds of uh, Silicon Valley. Um, Campbell is not too far from there, as is um, Palo Alto, which is anybody. Third kind of a, city in California. And Mountain View as well. So pretty much almost all of Silicon Valley is in the South Bay area, which uh, San Jose sits at the southern tip and still very much a center part of. So that's where our delightful guest is, uh, is sitting and talking to us from today. So. so being in the middle of Silicon Valley, that means you have new and exciting and way cooler than we have dating app technology, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll see about that. Um, one of the nicknames for San Jose is Man Jose because um, the tech bros come out here in the droves from not just California, but in the U.S., but all over the world, right? So men in this city out outnumber women and in the South Bay generally I think it's like a 60 60 percent to 40 percent something like that Holy um, crap. so yeah that you know it, it makes it difficult for a single guy to meet any any ladies because there is uh there's an intense competition for uh and I, I hate using words like that but I mean it's just well, let's talk about the apps first. I mean, obviously it's the same. Are, do you use the apps or what have you been using, especially uh, coming out of like COVID at this point? Okay, so like prior to earlier this year, the last time I online dated was uh, 2010. It had been a while, it had been a hot minute. So earlier this year, I was like, all right, screw it. I'll, I'll go with Bumble because I, you know, I've heard that Bumble's uh, was founded by a woman, is, is uh, owned by a woman. You know, there, there are things about that app that make it more attractive or, or you know, appealing than, than, say, you know, a meat market like Tinder, right? So I was like, okay, cool. We'll, we'll, go, with, we'll go with Bumble. We'll see what that's like, right? Um, about five minutes into it, I was like, yeah, I already regret this, you know? <laughs> but, I, I, you know, I set up the profile. I dated one lady from there for about a month. There's, there was nothing happening. It's just, yeah. I don't know. Online dating may work for some people. I'm just going to categorically state for the record it does not work for me and it never has. So, you know, I, I can tell you some goofy horror stories, but... Horror stories. Well, we love horror stories, but I do have a question. So, what was it the first five minutes that you're like, oh, this is not going All right, swimmingly? So this, this is my complaint about online dating in general, right? In my experience, if you if you meet somebody and it takes off, it's because there was, nothing was forced. It was very free. It was a very natural interaction. Everything about online dating to me feels forced. It feels artificial. It feels rushed. You don't get to know the other person 
in a, a natural, uh, natural is not exactly, that's an ambiguous word, but in a spontaneous setting, right? Where you can just begin to, you know, feel each other out and, you know, ask questions and you're around friends, et cetera, whatever. Or maybe you're, you know, I don't know, God forbid, you know, office romance, but that happens too, obviously. It's because, you know, it's a safe environment. People feel they can, uh, they can let their guard down. But with, with online dating, in my experience, again, it's just, you know, all right, start liking each other, make a connection. It's like, based on what, you know, on a profile that, and, you know, I can read about you all day, but I'm not going to make a connection unless we start talking. And then, you know, we get in a situation where, you know, oh, okay, so right off the bat, we're not talking. We're we're supposed to be dating. It just, uh, again, it feels rushed to me. It feels artificial. It feels phony. I have a. Um, whenever you signed up for Bumble, did you just do the free version, or did you sign up for all the extra stuff? I've I've never signed up for any of these apps. It's been so long since I've signed up. I don't know what what the bells and whistles are for the paid version anymore. So. No, I did the free one, but yeah, there's a, apparently, um, you, okay, so you can only check out so many of your matches in like a week, it's like two or three, but with the paid one, you get to see instantly who's been checking you out, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I, I didn't go in for any of that, you know, I, I thought it's probably not even worth it. Um, you know, and that's, that's, that's the thing I like about Bumble, right, is, is that, you know, it's it, uh, lady initiated, right? Uh, the guys can't contact the ladies. I mean, you can like a pic, I think, but it's, you know, something women to initiate contact. So I thought that was cool. You know, that's, that's a good feature. But then they limit how many, you know, people you can see uh, with respect to having contacted you in the past week. So it's like, all right, you know, I wasn't going to drop off. I, I forget what it's like, 60 bucks a month or something. But they do like, they do parcel it up. Like you don't, you know, you can do it monthly, you can do it weekly, you can even do it like a daily rate if you want to, if you just kind of want to poke in and like kind of check the scene for a little bit, but you don't want to commit to a full like $60. Like, I don't know if that's changed. That was the way it was like last year, like mid to late yeah, last year. It's just the same. On a completely unrelated note, Amy, that same uh-huh. painting right behind you oh. <laughs> is on the wall at the taqueria that I go to down the street. Oh, really? The exact same one. <laughs> I, I love that painting. Uh, for the record, listeners, I have a Luncheon of the Boating Party by Renoir on my wall behind me. It is actually one of my favorite paintings, and I'm sure you're like, okay, quit rambling, woman. I had to do my college prep English. I, I chose to do my term paper on the Impressionists, so I'm like way into the Impressionists, and because I learned so much about the Impressionists my senior year of high school, it was like, oh, I love everything, woo! And my sister got that for me for a gift, so. I, too, love the French Impressionists, so there we go. Hey, you're single, I'm single. <laughs> and there's only 2,000 miles that separates us. I know, hey, man. Right? Southwest flies directly from our fair city to his fair city. I'm just saying, like. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yes, I also look quite terrible today, too, so I'm sure I'm. Oh, my God. Dude, you look fine. <laughs> Again, our fair listeners, so um, our fair Amy here, like, I'm not going to use fair every other sentence, I promise, uh, has been apparently um, whittling down her makeup selection to the the more finer 
piece is that bring out her beautiful features and so yeah, right now she's get away from the juvenile glitter eyeshadow so i've got glitter eyeshadow on <laughs> who's the uh who's the youtube star she does her makeup while she's telling serial killer stories oh i follow her i can't yeah, think yeah. of her name there's another one uh that i i watch uh her name is jamie french i think it's jamie french and she she does movie reviews while she puts on makeup She's really fun too, cause she she does, she'll do themes like she'll do '80s makeup or like '90s makeup, and she'll be like totally uh huh, you know. She kind of takes on the uh, the era that she does. It's, does she say tubular as well? I don't know if she said tubular, but I think she said gnarly. <laughs> I did not have I did not follow that trend. I I am not very trendy, so. See, that's another thing that I appreciate someone who does not follow trends. Oh my god, you guys, I think we might have on the air like love match here. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, of course, that's, that's led my, my eldest niece to accuse me of being a contrarian, which I don't know, might be true for all that, but that's all right. Oh, yes. Well, okay, so obviously, so the Bumble thing didn't work. So, what have you been doing early since, you know, since then? Voting myself to a life of celibacy. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's really difficult with my line of work because um, I meet tons of women, but the problem is they're all, you know, 18 to 22, right? And it's like, you know, you're not going to date your students because that's just creepy. And also, you know, you're old enough to be their dad. And, you know, you know, these, hear all these guys like, oh, dude, there's this 19 year old. Like, okay, here's, what would you have to talk about? Yeah, yeah, sex all day, blah, blah, blah. At some point, you're going to stop having sex and you got to talk to that person. What are you going to talk about with a 19-year-old, right? Right. Oh, my God, did you hear the new Beyonce? You know, I don't know, whatever, right? Insert pop star of the day, right? Who are the kids listening to these days? Dua Lipa, right? <laughs> I don't even know who that is. <laughs> I only know because I watch SNL and she was on, like, one, like, sometime this past season. And obviously, you probably can't, like, date direct, like, you know, colleagues. I don't even know if there are that many. That would good, be but a lot of them are married, one. And then, like, you don't also don't want to, you know, disrupt. Like, our department has a really good sense of camaraderie. You don't want to screw that up because, I mean, you know, uh, mm -hmm. not to get into – few places are like San Jose State's philosophy department where everybody's cordial and, and friendly with everybody. A lot of academia tends to be – rather cutthroat so you just don't want to mess with the dynamic yeah no i'm really glad that first of all that you found that because yeah from what i always just heard the horror stories of just like how oh they are how terrible true. they can be to each other you know all just true and it gets even worse <laughs> so I, i've used this i feel like i've used this phrase frequently as of late so if everybody is tired of hearing me because i've probably said it on the podcast before I, I like the term don't shit where you eat. Don't That's shit. how I feel about office romances. <laughs> well, yeah, there's, you know, don't dip your, you know, pen in the company ink. There's so many of those because it's <laughs> no matter what stratosphere you come from or, you know, what line of work, it's all the same. Like, just don't even go there. So, yep. yeah. So, um, all right. So with it, where's that leave a, a, uh, It doesn't leave you with much because obviously in the past year, all the bars have been closed. Not that I was ever much of a bar fly. You know, a lot of the restaurants were to go only, obviously. There just there weren't many opportunities, right? So um, I got to get back into, I got to find another band, at least, you know, 
uh, when I was playing music, the, the ladies, now the funny thing, so like my last gig really quickly, I was in a Spanish language hard rock band called Anima in the Bay Area. Uh, and then we played the independent in San Francisco. We played uh, Sunset Strip in, in Hollywood, right? And uh, those were fun gigs. Um, and the girls would come up and the ladies would come up and talk to me. The problem was they'd start, you know, they'd, they'd walk them and they'd start speaking Spanish and you got to be like, ah, no habla uh, uh, espanol. And you know, like, oh, damn, really? <laughs> Yeah, no habla espanol. You might want to start looking into uh, picking that back up, homeboy. Well, yeah, I mean, my buddy, my buddy Louie tells me all the time, you're like, you know what you need, man? You need a Latina. You need, you need a Latina to look after you. I'm like, I don't need anybody to look after me. I just, you know, want somebody to kick around with, right? And, uh, but yeah, I guess I'm gonna, if I'm, if I'm gonna break out of the rut, I got to learn to habla de espanol, so. Well, sure. I mean, again, given in a, a state known for being at least bi, if not tri or quad you know, especially, the, you know, the San Jose area. Probably Spanish are... should be a lot easier to learn than Vietnamese. We got a ton of Vietnamese uh, people out here, too, and, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, you don't even get a chance to start a conversation there too, too often because the language barrier, which is, you know, disappointing, too. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a lament I hear from a lot of guys my age, you know, apart from online dating, I don't know what the hell to do. Maybe the speed dating thing will, will kick back in. <laughs> when the, as the, Have you gone speed season. dating before? I, I went, the funny thing is I've been speed dating one time it was, and they did it on um, UC Santa crap. Um, that's my, what I call that place. Um, on the campus, they did it for the graduate students. And uh, so I went and then, you know, that was an interesting experience. The funny thing is, is I, I actually wound up dating the lady who hosted it. I didn't meet anybody. I met her though. So. Oh, I think it just demonstrates how smooth you are. You picked up the host of the speed dating. Like, I mean, that's like grabbing the golden rain there, dude. You know, <laughs> I know it's brass rain for like, you know, the you carousel types, but like, I think that's a step beyond like the brass rain, you know. Yeah, we're, we're, we're upgrading from brass to gold. Have things opened up back like I was telling Erica before we started the podcast, I feel like my life just went from COVID to full speed ahead in the matter of just a couple of hours, just because how, you know, there's so much happening all of a sudden. So are, I'm assuming things are open where you are, like kind of back to normal air quotes. <laughs> well, um, actually, you know, good news for a change. So uh, San Jose is in Santa Clara County, California, and Santa Clara County has, uh, as of right now, a 70% adult vaccination rate, which is one of the highest in the state. Um, so it's, you know, that's, things have been opening up fairly quickly again. There still aren't any shows, but um, hopefully, you know, as early as next month, maybe we can get some concerts back because, so that, you know, I'm looking forward to that. Um, sporting events, you know, went up to Oakland, saw A's game. So things are opening back up and there'll be chances to, you know, get out and mingle. Unfortunately, what happened though is that the pandemic killed about half of all the uh, small businesses in downtown San Jose. Like uh, I think literally half of our restaurants are gone, you know, and it's going to take four or five years for all that stuff to come back, obviously. You know, it doesn't help matters either that every time there's a new development in downtown San Jose, it's got to be luxury apartments, right? Restaurants, whatever. It's, it's always some kind do you think you'll be seeing any influx of actual San Franciscans now that a lot of people are like, you know what, I don't have to live, you know, on the Nine Hills 
you know, I can do this work and maybe they don't mind like coming a little bit further down south. No, they all, they all go to one of two places. They go to Oakland or they go to Sacramento. <laughs> to the point really? Sacramento? Sacramento is blowing up because all of the people out uh, in the Bay Area like screw these rents. You know, and like, as you said, because they don't have to, uh, you know, commute, they, they go there because they can buy a house in Sacramento. That's true, but it's just so far from the beach, you know, like, <laughs> I'm serious, like, I mean, you know, and I'm going off of stuff, that, like, information is more than, like, whew, a long time ago, but I mean, like, I felt like San Jose, which is, um, like, at best, half an hour drive from, like, the coastline, you know, um, over, over the mountains, I, I haven't ever taken anything other than, than what was it, 15, that goes over? You know, um, but I would like think an episode of the Californians on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> See, the only thing is, like, and I said the 15, I would say around 15. I mean, like, if we were like California, like, I would be like, you take the 15 to the, you know, and then off the fish hook once you get to Santa Cruz, <laughs> which is the only way that I've ever what gone, but still. really need the accent, though. <laughs> People from like Oregon and upstate, and you know, oh, I don't know. There's, there's, between. there's a bit of a Bay Area accent. There hmm. definitely is. Uh, I've been out here, you know, 15, 16 years, and then long enough to pick it up. And not pick it up and, and develop myself. Obviously, I don't sound like a, uh, somebody from California, but uh, to, to notice it in the locals, you know, some, some people it's obviously more pronounced than others, but it's there. So, what about meetups or anything that's like, more organized like in-person stuff like have you kind of looked into like that sort of thing like the actual meetup app or anything oh, yeah, yeah. um what's facebooky or whatever no what's the one that the the guy um he had the radio ads for it um it's like oh i get it that you don't do online dating it's um uh adventures something um that might be local to you i don't know if we've yeah. got that anyway so this guy he's he's got these he's He's got this thing where you meet up and you go on adventures. Like he gets an entire group together and they like go, you know, to Iceland of, you know, I don't know, fish or something, right? Uh, I forget what it's called. We'll call it dating adventures for lack something of something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, you know, and then you to go to all these exotic locales. But again, this is geared to people who are making, you know, north of 150 grand and like in their early 20s. So you, know, you got an old bastard like me still making south of 100k. Oh, so you, you made 90? Uh, well, you know, what's it like to be a piano? Like, all right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's the most money I ever made in my life. I thought I was doing all right. You know? um, Meanwhile, we're over here in our fair bed, Western city, looking at like, you know, with zeros on the wrong side of the decimal point. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Because I mean, if it sounds like it's a lot, don't worry because, you know, a third of it goes to rent. Mm -hmm. Are you on your own or do you have a roomie? No, for the first time since I've been out here, gloriously, I have my own damn place. Postage stamp, but it's a nice little place and it's all mine. So. Nice. Congratulations, dudes. Well earned. Because like, I like, again, this is old information, but I mean, it would be old news anyway. Like, it seemed like everybody that I ever met that unless they like owned their own company or just were like a baller or, a baller. you know, a tech bro, like everybody, I don't care if you were 20, if you were 40, if you were 70, you had a goddamn roommate out there. Oh, and yeah. I was just like, oh, holy yeah. shit. And in case, in case your listeners are wondering like, okay, well, what does, you know, 
given the, the Bay Area rent situation, like, okay, so you, you were finally able to, to find a place on your own. You said it was tiny, right? What's the rent? 1700 bucks a month. For a postage stamp. Or a postage stamp. That's actually not bad. With that no really AC. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, how often does that come into play? Let me guess. Can you have an animal or is that right? No, no pets. And, um, oh. you know, I mean, people are like, okay, well, the AC doesn't really come to play. Well, I mean, here's the thing, right? You were talking earlier about the fire situation. Newsflash or anybody who's in denial, global warming is real because like when I moved out to San Jose in 05, the summers were like, you know, a hot day in San Jose would be like 85 degrees F, right? Routinely now, there are at least 10, 15 days out of the year to push up to, you know, upper, upper 90s, 100, right? Um, really? Oh, yes. And uh, matter of fact, this is true too. In 17, I went up to uh, San Francisco uh, to Oracle to watch the Cardinals play the uh, the Giants. And that was the first time in recorded history the temperature had been over 100 degrees in San Francisco. Whoa. Which is wow. insane. Because, I mean, you know, you know watch the games, you know, uh, back home, uh, and, and people in San Francisco are, are sitting there with blankets on in the middle of July. And it's because, it, you know, the wind whips off the ocean and it's really cold. But, uh, you know, those day games, it'll be blistering hot. Yeah, you do kind of miss the AC a little bit. <laughs> I guess so. These are, things are not looking good for us, dear listeners. Like, uh, take note. Oh, hey, yeah. Last October, I'm sure you guys, this is national news too. The sky was orange because of the fires. Orange, like a fucking, I mean, a pumpkin, right? You can curse. I saw you try to correct that. You can drop as many as you want. Well, it's We're not, you know, it's miles not uh, appropriate for a professor to curse. <laughs> so we... We, uh, we kind of got off topic a little bit. I, we were going to talk about your outlandish dates, like your craziest or most memorable or whatever stands out to you if someone says okay. bad date or good date. I, I typically meet two kinds of women in the Bay Area. And, it, it, and this is probably because of my age, right? I meet the angry divorcee or I meet start reproducing like now. Uh, the former, the angry divorcee. Um, she just got divorced like, you know, four or five months ago, or she's currently going through a divorce. Her ex-husband has destroyed her life, ticked off at the world, right? And more often than not, that, that ends up with her taking it out on you. The latter, you, you know, seems like it's cool, it's going fine, you know, um, you're having fun. And then it's like, so, you know, I've always thought it'd be great to have at least three kids. I'm like, oh my God, no. No, no, zero kids, no kids, right? And you know, it's, it, the, the thing that really irks me about it is like, you tell, you're honest up front, you know, you t say it in your profile, I don't want kids, you know, and I've never had wanted kids. But they, you know, they think, oh, well, you know, I'll win them over and then he'll, he'll think twice about it. And then, you know, like, no, no, no. You know, I don't want to be the guy who's at my kid's graduation pushing 70, you know, college graduation, right? So, my dad was in his 60s when I started college, so I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, but your dad was like, you know, happy to be in that situation, not like, holy yeah. Jesus, maybe now I can retire and that she's out of the house and I don't have to like pay for her anymore, you know. Also a big fat whoop, so. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't, you know, like I said, it's, it's either the angry divorcee or the, you know, let's, let's, my biological clock is ticking like a bomb. What optimism do you have uh, for the future? Another thing. <laughs> oh my God, you guys, if you could see the look he just gave right now. Come on, man. There's some optimism in there. Don't be all like, like craggy old cranky man. Like there's some, there's 
potential out there. There's always there's always hope. So, what uh, do you think? yeah, I don't know about all that. Um, I I really don't know. <laughs> that's I know that's a disappointing answer, but that's it's, it's the truth. Um, I guess my optimism is is I'll try to find a new band and start playing again and see if you know the ladies come swarming. You know, but I kind of doubt it. Um, Get out and. Well, here's the, here's the de de depressing follow-up to that. Um, because rents in the Bay Area, uh, Bay Area are just so insane generally, um, it's really difficult for someone to keep a little club concert venue open because the profit margins are just like razor thin. So increasingly, it's tough to find places to play in the Bay Area. And so the music scene has taken a hit and, you know, just not that many opportunities for a band to play. And, it, you know, so it's just drives you crazy right and it's like what do you do you know hmm. what about like outskirts like maybe i mean maybe not the city's proper but i mean what about the the townships outside what santa cruz where everybody every white person thinks they have a, a birth entitlement to wear dreadlocks <laughs> you got your nose clean right you're not doing drugs and you're educated and you're you know gainfully employed ostensibly there should be somebody that's willing to take a shot on you but uh uh, the guys outnumber the ladies frequently out here. So, um, you know, but ladies, you know, it's, it's great. I mean, if you're a single woman or Barry, it's fantastic because you can pick and choose and, you know, the guys are falling at your feet and you're selling a home in a, in a seller's market or something. Right. But uh, if you're a guy, it's, it's, you know, it's really not an enviable situation. And especially if you're a dude with some gray in your beard like me, right. Um, <laughs> Um, Which, by the way, I'm going to say you're green pretty nicely, old man, uh, and I've known you for a while, so, like, you know, I think you'd be surprised how well it, it how more that it's working for you than you think, even if the, the pool is somewhat limited due to the demographics of the area. Yeah, yeah my, my sole hope is, like, the ladies get sick of the tech bros, it's like, oh, but I make, I make, you know, 250k a year let me tell you about my stock options let me tell you about how awesome my tesla is you know that kind of stuff and i'm like no this guy wow he even has an accent isn't that cool right I don't <laughs> well yeah and some of these tech chicks are making money too they don't need their money you that's know. true that's very true yeah roll the dice right <laughs> well this is we we have to uh have to end on something a little bit more positive <laughs> okay fire away i'll do my best Okay, what is a common myth about men on dating sites that you think is unfair? Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to say, I, I can't say it's a myth. What I've heard from a lot of ladies out here, and, and I know the two of you talking about how, you know, rough dating is in the Midwest, it's rough everywhere. I've heard so many horror stories from ladies out here about they met this guy, and the first thing that he wants to talk about is, you know, the a lady's nether regions. Or he wants to talk about, you know, his anatomy, right? So, you know, that's just, that's just ubiquitous, you know, that's, that's bro culture, right? I heard a lot of stories like that from ladies, you know, and it, frankly, it gets to the point where you're amazed that any, any lady wants to do this online dating stuff. The first thing that a guy does when he, he emails her, send her you know, a pic of him with his shirt off, you know, taking a selfie in the mirror, it's like, oh, look at my abs, right? You know, it's, really? But no, it you hear those stories constantly. I'm wondering if that is a cultural thing or maybe just because like we tend to be a little bit more uh, well-fed <laughs> in the Midwest and a little less like, likely to be a little bit more 
concerned about appearances and like hitting the gym. You know? I, know. I think it's also just a young, you know, 20 something guy thing too. You know, it's like, oh, I'll impress her with my body. I mean, no, dude, really, you know. Yeah, I can do that. All right, cool. Works for me. Okay. All right. Well, All right. send me this recording. Of course, send me this recording. So uh, anyway, um, I don't. We never remember the goddamn log ops. Like, so thanks again for listening, guys. Well, since Zoom is a harsh mistress, um, let's continue with our conversation. Um, for our dear listeners, um, I don't know if it's going to be evident from the finished product, if it's going to be myself or Amanda uh, editing this, but we are on part two of um, our interview with the professor, but not the, that professor, but an actual professor, Mr. Andy of the NorCal uh, Persuasion, who is uh, kind of giving us insights not only into his dating scene, but the general um, modern Silicon Valley dating scene for those who are over 40. So, right. So Andy, so what's opening up out there? Like, what can you get yourself into that's not, if it's not music and it's not the bar scene yet? What about like, I mean, California is known for its beautiful, like, sunny California weather. Ah, yes, skin cancer. Um, so apparently on uh, this past Saturday, there was a San Jose equivalent of the Moonlight Ramble, which they canceled last uh, year. Um, had I known in advance, I would have got some reflectors on my bike, some lights and then gone. Um, Events and Adventures, that's the name of that stupid website I was trying to think of yesterday, eventsandadventures.com. Anyway, yeah, they organize stuff like, you know, hiking trips around the Bay Area, blah, blah, blah. I am not the world's most outdoorsy guy, as you well know, because, <laughs> you know, I'm not one a fan of sunburns or ticks. Um, but if you want to do that stuff, I mean, I guess that's an opportunity, you know, there, there are opportunities to do that. Uh, now, I'm going to just warn you, you know, five, four, three, two, one, dork alert. Uh, my favorite thing to do, and I know you hate this, Evil E., uh, is to go in October, late September, early October, to the Northern California Renaissance Fair in Casa de Fruta. And, uh, <laughs> you know, there you can do all sorts of fun, act, you know, the, the kind of outdoorsy stuff I like to do, you know, like shoot a bow and arrow or throw, you know, axes or knives. You know, that's the kind of outdoorsy stuff that I dig. Um, that even said, I do like ocean kayaking a lot, um, but I don't know if there's any like big, you know, let's get together and go kayak the bay kind of thing. If there were, I'd be all over that. But yeah, I mean, there's ample opportunity to do that, you know, especially in our wonderful drought plague state, because you won't see a drop of rain from late April to about, you know, mid-November, so. I actually just, uh, I pulled up a little uh, Evernote document that I have, and I don't remember where I found this. I think it was just one of those random things that somebody posted on Facebook where it's like, here's some questions, you know, ask me anything and it's called 60 horrible questions you can ask so these are not all especially about dating but okay would it be hard to kiss the last person you kissed i'm not exactly sure what that even means maybe would you the last person okay the last person you were involved with would you get back with them Nah. Who the hell was the person before that? Nah, she was all right. 
but again, you know, I'm I'm very much a the past is in the past for a reason kind of guy. So I don't know how much you talk to your students about personal things like um, not that you would ask, but I know people have a tendency to volunteer information that you didn't necessarily ask for. But what are you seeing as far as dating going with the student body? Like, is it especially with everybody just now sort of coming back? Are people like in campus right now? Are they on campus or are they like still, no, they're, they're they're still virtual? Yeah, it's everything's virtual. Um, really? Okay, because yeah, we're starting to open up over here. Like, uh, and remind me again, like, how do, how, do you have semesters or how does... Yeah, so um, the community colleges and the Cal State system are semesters. The UC system is quarters, um, is a quarter system. Um, so to answer your question about the students, um, a disturbing trend... <laughs> in amongst the students and it seems to be dying down but for a while it was it was definitely the case that this was extremely prevalent was hookup culture where um oh you know we're, we're college students so you know we don't we don't have time for something serious we have to you know work hard and blah 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 so you know we can get together and, and shag but that's all you know that's all it can be uh and so you know a lot of the female students uh student body they were complaining to uh the, the academic, uh, the counselors, right, and just the, the um, and you know, and, and to their, their professors as well about, you know, this this expectation, look, if you want to, you know, go anywhere in any of these student clubs or anything, the girls are expected to, you know, engage in hookup culture, and uh, they, they really felt pressured to, to do this, and so, what do I want to say, substantially different than it was, you know, uh, 20, 30 years ago, but uh, it's just now that it, it's much more in the open, right? You know, we're hooking up, we're not doing anything serious because, you know, I've got a career to think about. And, and the first part of that is getting out of college. So, you know, I got a nose to the grindstone. I don't have time for anything serious. And, you know, a lot of it's just an excuse to womanize, obviously. Um, but yeah, there was, a, there was a big backlash against that. The, the, the ladies really got fed up with it. And you know, you'd hear about that quite a bit. Uh, you know, just like, you know, students, volunteering information in office hours, things like that. Interesting. So um, how's it been, or at least as far as you know of, like, especially, I guess, now, during the lockdown has, and be, be, between the lock, the backlash and the lockdown, has that come to a halt? Has there been kind of like a review of how they approach relationships and hookups and everything else with each other? As, again, to your limited purview, you know, as kind of an outsider for all this. Um, so a lot of the students, so far as I know, weren't doing anything romantically speaking this past year because uh, one, uh, especially in the community college students, they they had to get, you know, jobs, part-time jobs to help pay the rent because their, their parents lost their jobs, their full-time jobs. So everybody was part-timing it. Um, two, when they weren't at the job, um, a lot of the students have basically a laptop that's got a service. Everybody that lives in, in the, you know, the house, again, for just talking about the CC students, but sometimes, you know, San Jose State students as well. And sometimes it's even worse because there's like one cell phone that everybody's using as a computer as well. And the students are trying to turn in assignments on a, you know, on a cell phone. It's, it's a nightmare. So, you know, 
my guess, I mean, again, speculating here is that it really kind of cut into time for uh, any uh, romantic interlude complaining to me about, you know, with respect to latest times. I'll get into you. I'm just so exhausted. I'm working, you know, two jobs trying to help the, the family, you know, make the rent. Students would be in the library on campus and, you know, till midnight busting out papers and, you know, and, the, and now, you know, the past year and almost a half and that just hasn't been an option for them. And you realize, I mean, because I, I remember when uh, that's where I did all my work. I didn't have a computer at home, you know, you had to type up an assignment, you went to a computer lab. I did, I did a lot of, um, since I, I studied art, like uh, graphic design, I didn't have access to Adobe Creative Suite. Had a computer, but I didn't have access to Creative Suite. So I can tell you, I spent many a night in the computer lab until midnight or later trying to get projects done because that was the only place I had any kind, you know, I had no way to do it otherwise. And I look back on that now and I'm just like, oh my God, how did, how in the hell did I do that? Right. And, and have a job and all this other stuff. I, I wasn't, I did not do a lot of dating in college. And I think it's because I was always in the computer lab doing projects. <laughs> do you, um, I, I, talking about the, the hookup culture and the, I, I don't know if you call it breakup culture or whatever. Do you think that a lot of kids maybe kind of, well, my, my personal experience was a lot of people going back with their exes or staying with people that they maybe didn't necessarily want to stay with just because it was convenient. I, there was a name for that and I can't, like a COVID, COVID relationship or whatever, like basically someone you hunker down with for the duration. And and the, the sad reality is in the Bay Area, this is this was a, a problem even prior to COVID because of rents. So you'll have people uh, living together. You know, Erica talked about the uh, the roommate situation in in the Bay Area, right? They've been broken up for five years, but since nobody can afford you know a place of their own, uh, or it's it's really difficult to find you know a new roommate, somebody you trust, you've got couples that have, you know haven't been together again half a decade living together still because that's how you make ends meet so that's that's a, a really serious problem and obviously you know another serious problem this is nationwide apparently was a, the advent or you know i don't say advent but the increase in in domestic violence during the pandemic and you know god knows there's tons of that out here too you know and it's exacerbated by the cost of living i i feel very lucky because i've my living situation has always been has always allowed me to not have to have a roommate and the one time i did have a roommate it was not a very good experience for me so i've decided i am actually a terrible roommate so i am very very happy to my bad roommate situation i was not in a relationship with the guy but he was he was a kind of a, a mean he liked to drink too much and he got mean when he drank and he, he, he became threatening, but I sort of was like, yeah, go ahead and do it and watch what happens, asshole. So I, once again, I have the privilege of being able to say that. And I, yeah, the, I, I, it never even like, I know it existed, but I have no personal experience with it. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, how do you even go about trying to fix that? You know, how do you, how do you make a, an impact? How do you 
advocate for people who can't advocate for themselves. I'm fortunate in that, well, I have a couple of, of nightmare date stories, not too many, but I got a lot of awful roommate stories. So. <laughs> we can dive into that sometime, yeah. We do need to dive in, like, because you kind of gave, like, some generic, like, right we, we backstory, but yeah, we need, like, those, those, those dating stories. Come on, man. Um, okay, well, what, which one do you want to know about? Which, what's coming right off the top of your head right now? Schwarber, you're a woman after my own heart. Drinking a Dr. Pepper, too. I like Dr. Pepper. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're going to have to do a follow-up a year. Yeah. Dr. Pepper, <laughs> the French Impressionist. Man. <laughs> We're going to let you, you know. So, so anyway, well, dating story. Because uh, Zoom, like I said, is a harsh mistress, and she's going to boot her asses out. <laughs> All right, so here's here's the here's the, the humdinger, and I actually use this story. I, I tell the students this story uh, when we talk about rape. In oh, shit. Yeah. So I was dating this lady. We'll call her. We'll call her Eloise. Right. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, so I'm dating this lady Eloise, right? And um, she um, she likes her gin. I like my gin, right? I'm drinking gin and tonics one night. And she casually pops off with, you know what? You know. So anyway. So anyway. Uh, she's like, so, you know, Andrew, you never, ever lose control. You never lose control. I've never seen you just, like, let your hair down and, and go fucking hog wild, right? I'm like, well, you know, I, I got stuff to do, right? I mean, you know, God knows being a graduate student is, well, it ain't easy, right? So anyway, we're drinking gin and tonics, drinking gin and tonics. And unbeknownst to me, because she was taking these at the time. She slipped a Vicodin and a, uh, a sleeping pill in my gin and tonic, right? So I'm glug, glug, glug. Six hours later, I wake up in a compromising position, shall we say. How long has this been going on? Six hours? Hmm, okay. So, you know, you don't think you're just like, okay, we'll deal with this later, right? You know, <clears throat> later that day, get back, you know, from uh, from your daily routine. I'm like, you know, why'd you do that? And she, her, her rationale was, again, I've never seen you messed up. I've never seen you lose control. I wanted to see you out of control. So, you know, it, it's that experience was was mind opening for a variety of reasons. One, I. Um, I'd never ever blacked out. I, you know, I always hear people talk about blacking out. I thought it was just a bunch of nonsense, you know, but no, no, what happens? I mean, just complete lapse. You, you have no memory whatsoever the, of the situation. Um, two, um, you learn the hard way. It can happen to guys. <laughs> and, it, and again, not strangers, people you know, right? Um, so that was, yeah, that was bizarre. So um, you, like, you, you were blacked out, but were you, I mean, you were conscien conscious and were, I mean, were you like functioning and, and moving and functioning, communicating apparently, but just not recording. No memory of it. That's, oh my God. Big. Terrifying. Of time. What at point, at what point were you like, wait a minute, that's. That wasn't like one too many just regular gin and tonics that I have. Like, w at what point were you, was it right away when you woke up oh, the next day? You're well, like, something's happened? wrong? Or No, no, no. What happened was glug, glug, 
blackout, mm-hmm. no transition, just drink, drink, gone, and then wake up and like, okay, how long has this been going on? Okay, I didn't know if you were like, well, maybe I did have one too many. Like, man, I gotta like, no. you know, lay I mean, off. No, there's just like, there's a there's a fine there's not a fine like there's a, a distinct border, conscious gone. So mm-hmm. did you press charges? Were you, or were you just, let me, let me, I yeah, guess you, you would have mentioned that. Or were you just like, you psycho, I never want to see you again? Like, yeah, did you, was, like, did you do anything that. or, that you was know? That. Um, I didn't press charges though, because I thought, you know, she was pretty self-destructive and I'm a, a, doing a pretty good job of screwing her own life up. And I don't know, I guess, again, being the old softy that I am, I still hoped that she would have, enough sense to pull her life out of the tailspin it was in. Um, I've heard that she did. Last thing I heard about her, she was up in Seattle and doing okay. So I don't know, but no, I I didn't pass. I didn't press charges. Um, At the time I felt like, okay, dumbass, you know, this is, this is what you get for getting yourself into the situation anyway. But then I thought about it, you know, you think about it later and you're like, Oh, I've been drinking with a lot of ex-girlfriends. I mean, that could have happened at any time. Right. So, um, well, yeah, eye-opening experience. It's kind of interesting hearing you say as a guy, like, oh, like, I let my guard down. Like, a little bit's on, you know, not that I say a little bit's on me, but the fact that you're, like, you just said that. Because we always think that women are, like, sort of ingrained to be, like, well, maybe it was kind of your fault. You know, like, even if nobody nobody in their right mind says it or even thinks it or is trying to apply that like there's that little like kernel in the background you and know and inclination to blame ourselves selves. yeah so it's interesting mm-hmm. all over exactly so and no you could yeah and you're right because once you thought about it you were like wait a minute i have drank with a whole lot of like girlfriends ex-girlfriends people and there's absolutely no reason to be like oh like maybe i should keep an eye you know on my beverage the whole time all the whole time people yeah no but no that was entirely on her again it's not and not that ever say that if you were out in a club with something and somebody like bought you a drink or a drink appears and you drink it you'd still be anyway liable but that's not even the same like situation regardless so that's why i drink my beer out of the bottle and not the glass <laughs> good idea right uh, true so what's your other stories what else you got for us what other stories do i have for you hmm. that's the really that's the only really awful uh date story i have well no, no, let me take that back. There was a uh, time I was in community college, and Erica knows this individual. Um, this is 2000. I was dating this lady who looked uh, like Jennifer Love Hewitt. Um, we'll call her Demon. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I should have known she was bad news from the word go. Um, she was the kind who would wake you up in the middle of the night because she wanted to argue. Oh, she get fight. Um, and and text me later. I'll I'll send you the name. You'll know exactly who it was. You probably have an idea now. Yeah. No, she's she's the one who could wake you up. She's like, we have to break up tomorrow. Okay, why do we have to break up tomorrow? Because it's destiny. 
okay, why is it destiny, right? You know, yeah. She was uh, a few bricks short of a load. Um, and that's not to pick on anybody with, you know, depression or mental illness. It's just, you know, she, she had serious problems that she had no intention of even attempting to address. And uh, dating her was, was, you know, one adventure. Uh, she would, you know, once a week, ask me to call off work and take her to the hospital. Well, I got to go to the hospital. I'm having a really bad migraine, right? So, you know, one time I take her to the hospital, take her to the emergency room. She's complaining of a, a really serious migraine. And uh, they give her a shot. And the doctor comes in and he goes, you've been in here, you know, 15 times in the past seven months. And she's like, yeah, I have bad migraines. And the doctor says very naturally, yeah, he goes, yeah, I think you got a painkiller addiction. And she flew off the handle. She's like, no, you don't know what the hell you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. The, you know, laying down for an hour or two before we left. And I think I got home, got us both home. Since you've dated someone who had mental health issues, would you, this is actually, I'm kind of curious to hear this too. Um, so any advice that you would give to someone who either, I, I don't know how to phrase this, I guess uh, as someone, if you were going to date someone and they and you knew that they had mental health problems, any advice you would give for navigating that in terms of, you know, having a relationship? The best <laughs> advice. <I> don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just don't try to be a therapist yourself because you know you're you're not qualified to do that, um, and you know. I think a lot of people make that mistake initially. Uh, be supportive and make sure they're getting the help they need, but you know, recognize that you know you're not in your element to, to try to play therapist or you know psychologist. Be supportive. I mean, because at some point everybody suffers from from mental illness. That's what depression is, right? For example, you know. Um, right. But some people just deal with it for much longer, you know, stretches of time than others do. Um, some people are a little bit more adept at dealing with it and, and functioning with it. Some people hide it. Some people don't deal with it well at all. Right. Yeah. So I, I, on the flip side of that, I would say also don't be indifferent and tell someone to get over it. Oh God, no. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> So Andy, seeing as we're coming up on a, a, another short span of time here, do you have any sort of like yellow rays of hope for yourself in the future? Like anything, like any sort on of- on the relationship front? Um, relationship front, yeah. Since this is a podcast about dating and COVID, well, post-COVID dating at this point. Kat Dennings is apparently about to marry Andrew WK. Um, I guess there's a slight chance that she could kick him to the curb and you know we run into each other when i'm down in hollywood or something you know but i think that that chance is very faint um i don't know i mean if you're asking if i'm if i'm willing to, to give online dating another go the answer is most assuredly not that's yeah i've, I've that was it bumble was the last straw <laughs> uh and bumble wasn't even a particularly bad experience it's just like again you know i, I I get on a dating website and I'm like, oh yeah, that's why I don't like doing this. It just, again, it feels to me phony, forced, artificial. Whenever you feel like that, remind yourself, you live in a metropolitan area with millions of people, half of whom are, you know, women. Um, so 
you know, sooner or later you run into somebody. I guess there's an outside chance you strike up a, a conversation and, you know, you've got a connection. Um, you know, no addictions, no chronic obsessive behavior, none of that. But uh, I am a workaholic in my old age, you know. Um, and to a certain extent, you got to be in the Bay Area. You've got to, you know, be busting and, and hustling to, to make the rent and just have a comfortable life. So you're, you know, you're working a lot um, because, and it's it's fine with me because I, you know, I like to work, but you got you just got to let everybody know, you know, you, you start dating somebody, you got to say, hey, look, you know, I've got to work X amount because that's how, that's how the bills get paid. Uh, I was dating this lady and she wants to ask me because, you know, she, she saw how much I was working. She got, she, she popped off one day. She goes, do you even know how to relax? A little bit later, you know, uh, I was going down to a, uh, uh, an academic center. So the state of California has an academic Senate for the, the community college system. So I was going down to San Diego for a meeting, right? And uh, I was dating this lady and I, you know, we were hanging out and I said, oh, are you gonna miss me? I'll be down to San Diego for like three or four days. She goes, and you know, pretty straightforward. She goes, I'll miss your wallet. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's when I had to borrow a line from Homer Simpson. Welcome to Dumpsville population you, right? I actually used a similar line on someone today. I was talking about the people I've met recently are seem to be in a different tax bracket than I'm in, mm. i.e. I'm poor and the one guy has a bidet he was talking about his bidet and I'm like, I really wish I could be more superficial and just like people for money. <laughs> you know what? Tell that dude, Hey, guess what? Bidets now you can get them at home Depot for like 15 bucks. Yeah. I could have had a bidet to my own toilet. So there. <laughs> so, hey, bidets are awesome. When I moved in this place, uh, whoever lived in here before me left it. They had it installed. It's fantastic. So if you're thinking about getting one, yeah, I think you can get them for like 15, 20 bucks at Home Depot. They're worth it. <laughs> I just think, I think we just discovered the name of this episode, the California Bidet. There you go. Fantastic. All right. We got time for one more. What do you guys got? Any good dating stories? God damn, yes. there's got to be something out there, yeah, too. Good. We have to end on a positive note. <laughs> yeah, really. Good dating stories. Good dating stories. So I was dating this lady. She was a communications professor. And we, we were getting along good for a short time, about three or four months. We went kayaking one day out on Elkhorn Slough, which is this uh, little area uh, between Santa Cruz and Monterey. If you, if, if you ever get a chance to go ocean kayaking, anybody, you know, do it. It's, 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 it's nice. You know, you got little sea otters hanging out right by your boat. You know, you see the whales coming up out of the water and, and it's, it's, it's a really interesting uh, phenomenon. So we did that, you know, and we're, we're paddling around and uh, she told me she was talking to her mom and, you know, about how much she enjoyed my company and her mom said, Oh, I'm glad you got him in your life. And then, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was really, that was the high point of the relationship. And then two weeks later, she took out all her frustrations toward her junky ex-husband on me. <laughs> but, you know, that was a pleasant little day, right? So, you know, you, you take the, you take the good with the bad. Um, I don't know, check in with me like in a year, six months or something, maybe I'll have an update for you. Maybe I met somebody. But, We're uh, going to have to do a, a, a check-in and bring you back in a couple of months or whatever to 
see how things have changed and evolved. And oh, we're almost out of time. Does that mean I should do my 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 exit? You can reach us on Instagram at Let's Swipe Podcast and at Let's Swipe Pod at gmail.com. We're gearing up for a Q&A session. We need questions. We want to hear your you have questions, we have answers. Send them in. We want to hear them. Uh, like us, rate us, uh, help us grow. Send in your, if your mom is dating and wants to be on the podcast, we'd love to have her, you know. Uh, does that cover everything?